0: So, Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 41. When I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand grasped it in judgment, in judgment, people, I will take what? I will take vengeance on my adversaries and repay those who hate me. Now, who here hates God? Raise your hand. Oh, nobody here hates God. Amen. That's good. But you know what? How many of you are friends of the world? In James 4, 4, it says that a friend of the world is an enemy of God. If you are an enemy of God, you hate God. So if you do things according to the world, if you go uh, go to parties, if you're drinking, if you're smoking, if you are doing that right now, people... You are a friend of the world, therefore you are an enemy of God. And if you're an enemy of God, God will have his vengeance on you. God will have his, have his vengeance on you. <laughs> Come on, people, let's wake up here. All right? But, but with all that said, with all the wrath that I preached, the wrath of God that I preached last week, your, um, your God... It's a merciful God as well. How many of you know, how many of you know that? How many of you have, have witnessed firsthand the mercy of God? You see, yes, our God is a wrathful God, but He is also merciful. In Psalms uh, chapter 136, verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Now I'm gonna you, I'm not, I'm gonna say these verses. You guys don't have to turn there because I got a whole bunch of verses right now, and I don't feel like breaking your fingers tonight. Amen. All right. How many of you guys? All right. You guys feeling me? Amen. All right. So Psalms 136 verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and uh, for His mercy endures forever. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort. Now, He is the Father of mercies. God gave birth to mercy. He invented mercy. His, his, his attribute, one of, one of His attributes is mercy. Yes, God is a righteous God. How, how many of you guys know God is Righteous. And as a righteous God, as a God that, that hates sin, he hates sin because he is so... Sister, can you please put my mic down just a little bit? God is a righteous God. And as a righteous God, he hates sin. Now, God, as, as pure as he is and as holy as he is, he hates sin. Sin, he is all sin. Therefore, he must be a judge to punish those who forsake and rebel against his word. But does God really want to send us to hell? Does God want to send us to hell, people? No, God does not want to send you to hell. But him being a judge, a righteous, God, a righteous judge, he must. He must punish those. He must show his vengeance to those who rebel against his word. God loves his children, people. God loves you. God loves you. And he does not want to send you to hell, but he must be the righteous judge because he cannot be more more merciful than um, than wrathful. You understand me? God can't be more merciful than he is wrathful, or else God wouldn't be God. Or else there would be no God, because God, God being God, is perfect in every sense of the word. God has just as much anger as He does kindness, and God has just as much jealousy as He as He is giving. God is just as much jealous has, is just as jealous as He is giving. He can't be one more one than the other, or else He wouldn't be God. God is filled and complete with every emotion. In Luke 16, verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 15, it says, God knows your heart. God knows your heart. God seeks, what did I say during prayer? God seeks an earnest heart, an earnest and desperate heart so that he can wrap his mercy around it. Amen. Oh, man, you guys are weak tonight. Come on. Amen, Amen, brother. Can I get an amen, please? Amen. Amen. So God seeks a what heart? An earnest and desperate heart. God seeks a earnest and desperate heart. If you are not desperate and earnest, For God, He will have His vengeance on you, people. I do not want to preach God's wrath tonight because I preached it last week. I want to preach His mercy. But tonight, I am not feeling the earnest and desperation in your heart that you must have. Because if you have the desperate heart that God seeks, then people, you must be awake right now. You must be awake right now. I hate to rebuke my my youth group, but if I have to do it, I will do it. God uses me to speak to you, and He seeks a desperate and earnest heart. And if you do not have a desperate or earnest heart, He will have His vengeance on you. He will condemn you to hell. That doesn't sound too pretty, does it? Not too pretty at all. But let's get this straight, people. God is not just some lovey-dovey God. God loves you, yes, but He is a judge and He will judge you according to your sin. And if you do not repent of your sin, you will go to hell. The Bible says in John 3, 3, you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is heaven. And if you want the slightest chance of going to heaven, you must be born again. You must repent of your sins. You must have a desperate heart for God. Allow Him to wrap His mercy around you because God loves you way too much to send you to hell. But if He has to do it, He will do it. He will do it in a heartbeat. You will be naked before God on Judgment Day, and if you do not, if you have not been born again, He will look at you and say, depart from me, get away from me, because I never knew you. And because you never knew God right now at this time, He does not know you. You understand me? That is the Gospel. That is the Bible. That is the Word of God. Take it. Take it. Run with it. That is the Word of God, and it is true. It is truth, absolute truth, whether you want to believe it or not. Like I said in prayer, our God is an all-consuming fire. And one way or another, God is going to consume you. Jesus, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Jesus, please. when you realize that Jesus is the only way to God, immediately God pours His mercy on you. Immediately, that moment, the moment that some of you got on your knees and cried out to God with an earnest heart, God immediately at that moment poured His mercy on you. So what does that mean? That means that no matter what you have done in your past, the second you come to God and you accept Him in your life, whatever you've done has been washed away by the blood of Christ. Think of the blood of Christ as bleach. Understand me. How many of you guys have white shirts? Amen. Everybody here has a white shirt. How many of you ever gotten a stain on that white shirt? Bleach will get that right off, Right? Now that is the, that is the blood of Christ on you. The blood of Christ will wash away that sin like it has never happened before. So no matter what you have done before, no matter how, what you have, who you have done it to, you understand me? God will forgive you. And He has forgiven you. No matter what you did. Get over it. I know it's hard, people. It was hard for me. I cursed God out. You know how much I regretted that after I've been saved? I still regret it right now. But I know I'm not dwelling on it because I know the blood of Christ has washed me clean. And it continues to wash me clean over and over and over again. Repentance. Repentance. Rewind. Read. That means go back. Continue to do it. Repent. Repent every day. How many of you sin every day? I sin every day. How much more do we need to repent? Have your mercy, have the mercy of God poured on you. Have your innocence restored by His mercy. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. First Peter chapter 1 3 it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, what does that say? God doesn't just have mercy. God just doesn't have mercy, people. God has mercies. God has mercies. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, and uh, His abundant mercy, meaning He has mercies, an abundant amount, amen. Amen. He continues, He continues, He continues to go forward with you. An abundant amount of mercy. When we come to God acknowledging that we are sinners, He has mercy over us. And then He loves us. He loves us. He loves you too much to let you stay the same, people. So many of you. I, I meet so many people that say, I just can't leave this behind. I want God so bad, but I just can't leave it behind. I can't leave my sin and you know what that tells me? It tells me that you don't have enough faith in God. It tells me that, that person does not have enough faith in God. Because the second you have faith in God and you give that to God, people, let go, crucify it, and let it be done with. Because God will take it away. God loves you. God loves you. He will change you. He will rearrange you, people. You guys just don't know. Some of you just don't know what I have gone through. If you knew, that you would be on this stage jumping for joy with me. Amen. Come on. Because some of you have gone through some stuff. And some of you have been dramatically changed through the blood of Christ like myself. Amen. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. Because God has so much mercy and so much love for you that he has changed you. And if you give him a chance, some of you today, give him a chance and he will change you. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 8 says, Yes, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. And we are the works of your hand. What does that say? It says that each one of us is clay in God's hand. We are clay in God's hand. He molds us. He molds us. He changes us. My prayer to God every day is like, Lord, come on, mold me, Jesus. Make me to the masterpiece that you want me to be. Make me, Lord. Because I stopped trying a long time ago. I stopped trying a long time ago. I let it go. I say, Lord, come on, I'm claying your hands. According to Isaiah, I am claying your hands. You are the potter. We are the work of your hands. Let God mold you. It's God's love for us that is keeping him from coming down and wiping out the human generation. Now, in case you guys haven't noticed, we, we, we stepped away from His mercy. We're getting into God's love. Now, I'm going to repeat that one more time. It's God's love for us that is keeping Him from coming down, from coming down from heaven, and wiping out the human generation. People, read your book. Read the Bible. Read the book of Revelations it will scare the hell out of you. If you have any, any hell inside, it will scare the hell out of you. Trust me. In Revelation 14.20, I'm just going to give you a, a quick little one right here. And blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as a horse's head for a distance of 1,600 uh, stadia, which is equivalent to 183 miles. So I'm going to say that one more time. And blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as a horse's head, spreading for a distance of 183 miles. That, that, people, is when God returns on this earth and will have his vengeance. Well, we read in Deuteronomy 32 of God's sword in his hand. He's going to come down and wipe out the people who have not accepted him, who have ignored him. And there will be blood as high as a horse's head. Now, a horse's head is about this high, right, roughly? A normal-sized horse. Now, imagine blood this high, this high. That's about six feet right there for 183 miles. 100, a span of 183 miles, blood that high. Do not let that blood be yours. Do not let that blood be yours. Because that is what God says right there. That when he comes back, that is how much blood will be on this earth when he has his vengeance. Now, God loves you, yes. God is merciful, yes. But what did I say? God is a judge and he shows his wrath upon those who have not accepted him. Now, in First, first John four nineteen, it says, we love. Because He loved us first. Now the reason we have love in us, any type of love in us, is because He loved us first. Amen? When, what what drew us to God? What drew us to love God, people? Those of you who actually love God today, all right? What drew you? To love God so much. The love He had for us to have mercy and forgive us of our sins. That's one of them. The love He had for us to send His one and only begotten Son to die on the cross for us. John 3.16. Right there. That's true. Right there. The love for us. He had enough love for us. We love him so much because he is so merciful and he loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to die and suffer on the cross. To die and suffer on the cross, people. In Romans 5, uh, verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Sister, you don't have to change anymore. Just leave it alone leave it alone in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for you Christ died for you he took three nails on the cross for you he was beaten whipped the skin literally whipped off of his back For you. His beard ripped off. For you. His blood shedded on the floor. For you. For me. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. God's goodness is the core of His internal nature. God's goodness is the core. It's inside. It is is the center of His internal nature. God is good. You understand me? When I say God is good, let me get an amen. God is good. Amen. When is God good? God is good. Amen. God is good all the time. Now, the original Old English uh, Saxon word for for God was the good. That's literally what it meant in the beginning. In Old English, the good. They started saying God, they said the good. God is good. The Lord doesn't have to do a thing for us. But He continues, people. He continues to bless us over and over and over and over again. He continues no matter how sinful we are. If we seek out to Him, if we seek out to Him no matter our past, if we seek out to Him in desperation, He will continue to bless us. In Malachi 3.10 it says, See if I will not bless. Throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you will not have room enough for it. People, when we say let it rain and open the floodgates, come on, what do you think we're trying to see? Lord, rain down, Jesus. Rain down. Lord, Father, let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Because I want you to. I am desperate for you. And he says, if you are desperate for him, and see if he will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that that you will not have enough room for it. That is your God. That is your God, our merciful, loving, good God. Take him at his word, people. Pray to him. Seek him earnestly with a desperate heart. If we pray to God, he will always, always follow through. Layla, can I get you up here, please? If we pray, if you pray to God, like some of you prayed tonight, oh, man, I was feeling some of you so hard. Like, I just felt you, I had words for you guys, and I don't get words often, I thank you, Lord, for them and trust me that was not me I give all glory to God for that that was all God and just, and just some of you just prayed so hard today and it, I just felt the presence so thick in here you see what happens when people of faith gather together in one room and we pray earnestly and desperately for God you, do you see what happens people get set free people get set free We feel the presence and glory of God. That is what happens when one or two is gathered. The glory of God comes down. Oh, Jesus, thank you. I love these moments. I love, I live for these moments. When I have these moments, oh, man, I do not want to let go. I say, Lord, come on, give me some more. Give me some more, Jesus. When we pray, people, let us all pray together, together, desperately, earnestly seeking God. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Now that's God speaking. If I could get everybody's heads bowed down, eyes closed for me, please. Everybody, everybody, please. I'm going to read that scripture one more time. I pray that it seeps into your heart. Hebrews 13:5. 5. God says, never will I leave you. Never will.